This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review, actually, nope, not a review this week. We're going to talk about seven ships that are going to debut in 2021. And Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. It finally happened. Carnival Cruise Line took delivery of their very first mega ship. Yep, so Carnival Cruise Line has officially and finally taken delivery of the new Mardi Gras at the shipyard over in Finland. Many of the concepts introduced on board, we've talked about these before, but I'll sort of sum it up. And they're brand new for Carnival. And aside from this being the first LNG-powered cruise ship to sail from North America, there will be a lot of firsts aboard Mardi Gras. And that includes a newly designed atrium, several restaurants that haven't been on a Carnival ship before, and of course, Bolt, that we've talked about, the first roller coaster on a cruise ship. Mardi Gras will feature the line's first partnership with Chef Emeril Lagasse and a new restaurant by Shaquille O'Neal, Master Chef Rudy Sodeman that we remember from Holland America, and Guy Fieri will also have their signature eateries on board. The response to Mardi Gras has been so successful that work has already begun on Mardi Gras' sister ship Carnival Celebration with a planned completion in 2022. This next story is really going to hit home for you because I know you're really partial to one of these ships. Royal Caribbean just sold two cruise ships. So, yeah, they're in the process of selling two of its oldest ships, Empress of the Seas and the Majesty of the Seas, which I took to Cuba in November of 18. So Empress of the Seas was launched way back in 1990, and it's the first ship that was designed for three and four night cruises to the Bahamas from Miami and then a little more history, Majesty of the Seas came online in 1992. And at that time, if you can believe it, it was the largest ship in the Royal Caribbean fleet. The buyer of both ships, who is based in the Asia-Pacific region, is unknown at this time. We don't know who the buyer is, but they're gone. And, you know, when once the sovereign, this is like the end of the sovereign class. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sad, sad times. So Royal Caribbean is doing their part to help out travel agents. Yeah, they are. And it's part of the second phase of Royal Caribbean's RCL CARES program. The cruise line is offering financial support to its travel agency partners. And those who are eligible for the program can apply for a three-year interest-free loan up to $250,000. Um, who will be eligible for these uh, these loans? Well, that won't be revealed until sometime in January next year. So this money has to be part of the PPP or something then? Absolutely. And, you know, they're, they're selling off their ships and mm-hmm. now they're able to give loans. And we don't know what they're going to be getting, in, in, like you just mentioned, in terms of assistance for themselves that, you know, it's it's I don't I don't want to say it's a pay it forward. But it's a one hand washes the other type. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about this next story a couple of weeks ago, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of taken a little twist now. It looks like the ship that was renting by the week, by the night, by the month, by the year is uh, <laughs> no longer. No. Yeah. As you mentioned, we recently reported on the former Piano Dawn that was renamed Satoshi and plans for the owners to sell staterooms 
on the ship and make it sort of a residence cruise ship. And with that concept just failing, the ship then became available. They were going to sell it, like you said, as you know, a weekly, a monthly, a semi-yearly deal, and it would be like an apartment community. They had they had visualized shops and restaurants where the people that rented the stateroom would go to do their you know daily affairs. So, what happened in the past week was that the owner and the investors were turned down for insurance coverage. Who would think, right? So. Without insurance, they would not be able to legally hire a crew. And according to the owner, the ship would then lose its class rating and flag and any possibility of having onboard businesses and you know, rent the space. So instead, oh, here we go again, the ship will be refueled in Panama and turn around for a one-way trip to the scrapyard in India. So when this ship debuted, it was the Regal Princess before it was Pacific Dawn. Did you ever sail on it? I did not. I no. thought I had, but no, I, I didn't. A lot of ships being launched in 2020. Costa just launched one. Yeah, so this week, Costa Cruises took the official delivery of its new ship, the 5200-passenger Costa Firenze, at the shipyard in Italy. The handover ceremony was broadcast live on YouTube. Costa Firenze is the fourth ship in this class, and it's included in this aggressive expansion plan that the, they have um, to add seven new ships by 2023. All right, listener question time. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. This one's from Thelma in Dallas. Would like your thoughts on parking. For a seven-night cruise, should we park at the port or do the park in cruise lots? Does one have an advantage over the other aside from the price? Well, hi, Thelma, and I don't know which port you were referring to that you're going to take your cruise from, um, but that can make a lot of difference in deciding whether or not to use the cruise terminal parking or the off-site lot. And as for advantages, uh, is you know, for me, it's really convenient to have my car parked at the port so that when I get off the ship, I can go right to my car and seamlessly head home. But um, what has happened in the past, you know, I've been at Port, um, sorry, not Port Canaveral, Port Everglades, and it, there were twelve ships in port, and you know I was ten, you know, so close to the parking structure. I was in my car within ten minutes, and then I sat for two hours in the structure waiting for everybody to leave. So you know that's unusual, but you know if you if I had parked at the satellite lot, I probably would have been on my way a lot sooner and saved a bunch of money. So I guess I could say. Um, if it's a, if if you think it's going to be an extremely crowded Saturday or Sunday, you might want to think about parking in an offsite lot. You know, you're going to save a little bit of money. It won't be the seamless exit that you might have dreamed about, you know, going right from the ship straight to your car and off you go. Check ahead and see how many ships are going to be in port on that day. You can just go to any website and you know, where they sell a lot of cruises, check to see if there's going to be 10, 12 ships in port, then I might say opt for an off-site parking. The shuttle bus will keep making loops around, and they've gotten a whole lot better since they first started this off-site parking. I think, um, you know, it used to have to call them when you got to in front of their sign and had your luggage, and it was a big pain in the neck. But now they they just, they just keep circling, and they tell you where to meet, and... Um, Basically, I like the off-site parking. If it's a smaller port that you're departing from, go with the cruise terminal parking. It'll probably be 15 to 20 or $25 a day. 
if you have extra money to spend, do that. If not, do the offsite lot, save yourself, you know, some money and uh, spend it on the ship. I always park at the port, but I kind of, it's very strategic, right? Because you want to get there early and you want to get a lower level because it can be a hot mess trying to get out of a parking garage if you're on level three or four. Yeah. And that's, that's really true. You know, used to be in, uh, in Miami, I knew exactly the spot that I wanted. I'd get it at the ground level. I could walk right across the, the, the road and, and be right in the carnival terminal or the celebrity terminal. Um, and that's all changed. So yeah, you know, it's really convenient just to have your car at the port. But again, sitting for two hours in the structure, inhaling gas fumes until we could finally leave was a real pain in the neck. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know, it will save you money, but you said that wasn't an issue. For convenience sake, park at the port. All right. Sherry Laskin with CruiseMaven.com. As always, thank you so much. Have a happy holiday. Okay. Take care. Happy holidays, everybody. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. Joining me now is staff writer Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back. Thanks. Always glad to be here. A day before Christmas. I've been, I'm not going to lie, I've been blasting some Dolly Parton hard candy Christmas. And you know what? I'm not even like upset, but I just, it's a catchy tune. It is a very catchy tune. Uh, I just ironically was listening to it in the car the other day. And the next thing I knew, all three of us were singing along to it. And you just you just can't. How can you resist Dolly? And then you called into the studio and you hear it blasting in the background from me. And you're probably like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, it didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> well, I brought you on to talk about seven ships that we are excited to see in 2021. Finally. And the first one is going to be Celebrity Apex. Celebrity Apex. Now, this is one of several ships this year that was really supposed to debut in 2020. So, you know, it's been moved to 2021. It's kind of basically a repeat in some ways, which some of these ships are. Celebrity Apex is going to be very, very, very similar to Celebrity Edge. But that alone is reason enough to be excited about it because Edge was just sort of a big, big game changer for celebrity. It wasn't just because it had, you know, this magic carpet on the side of the ship, which everybody was very excited about. I'm still, I haven't actually experienced it as you have, but I'm sort of still up in the air about it. I don't think that it's a particularly pretty thing. And, and I don't know that, you know, since you can't ride up and down on it, I don't know that I'm all that excited about it. I think it's a cool concept. Um, but anyway, so they'll have that. It'll have the staterooms with the infinity balconies. It'll have a lot of the same features, but now you've got 
two chances. If you can't get on Celebrity Edge, you can get on Celebrity Apex. And, you know, these are also ships that are really raising the bar as far as technology is concerned, which is one of the things we're going to see on a lot of ships in 2021 and moving forward, you know, because we're talking about 2021, but there's already ships for like 2022 and 2023 coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. And each of these, you're going to see more and more technology coming into play. This next ship is one that um, well, it was just handed over last week in the yard at Finkentier. Actually, no, Meyer Turku over in Finland. Correction there. And um, I was supposed to sail on this. I think you were too. A couple of times it got bumped. I know I got bumped twice. It's uh, Carnival Mardi Gras. I'll tell you what. Carnival Mardi Gras is the one ship. How excited am I about this ship? I am so excited that I am for the first time ever breaking my own rule. I only sail out of my own home port, which is New York City. And for the first time, I have made reservations. I'm flying down to Florida and jumping on this ship because it's just got so much that I'm excited about. Um, this is, you know, we use the word game changer maybe a little more than we should, but where Carnival is concerned, this really is a game changer. First of all, everybody keeps referring to it as Carnival Mardi Gras, a little pet peeve of mine because it is not the Carnival Mardi Gras, it is the Mardi Gras. Weirdly, when their next ship comes out, the celebration, that will be Carnival Celebration, but Mardi Gras is just the Mardi Gras. This ship not only has the six zones, which, you know, maybe is sort of borrowed from the neighborhoods of Royal Caribbean, um, but it has completely new restaurants. Like it's got Emer Emerald's Bistro brought to you by Emerald Lagasse. It's got some really super cool new bars. It'll have um, Big Chicken, which is by their chief fun officer, Shaquille O'Neal. Just so much about it. And of course, yes, yes, yes. There's a roller coaster on top of the ship in case you haven't heard. Um, I know that's the thing that a lot of people focus on, but for me, I'm more about some of the little details that are going to make this ship so cool. Even the fact that it's for the first time in, I, I don't know, maybe ever, it's going to have a different look. Like, it's not just going to be the clean white look. It's got the beautiful blue livery. Um, just sort of everything about this is a little bit different, including some of the suites. I'm looking right now to sort of upgrade myself into one of the, you know, super, super sweet suites, just because it's been so long since any of us have been on a ship. I, I'm, I really want to make this a special trip. So yeah, Mardi Gras is extremely exciting. Now, this next one is going to be a two for here for Virgin Voyages, because like literally I was legit at the airport about to board the plane to fly to Manhattan to get onto Scarlet Lady when I got the email saying event canceled. We had that cancel on us twice, I think now. We did. Um, it's We're getting a two for one here because we're doing both Scarlet Lady and Valiant Lady because Scarlet Lady had just started to launch. Like she had done, I think, a sailing or two maybe over in England and you know, to be honest, some of the reviews weren't fantastic on it. This is a brand new line from Richard Branson. It's aimed at, you know, an 18 and over crowd. It was doing a lot of things a little bit differently. It was making a lot of noise, both literally and uh, metaphorically. So people were really excited about it. And then, you know, it got canceled. It got delayed. Well, Valiant Lady hasn't, or Scarlet Lady hasn't really even had its initial rollout yet, and they already have Valiant Lady, her sister ship, ready to go. So both of these ships are coming soon, and I'm really, I think the reason I'm excited about these are kind of weird. 
like I said, when they first rolled out Valiant Lady, some of the reviews that we saw were not great. You know, it seemed like they really hadn't thought some of the things they were doing through. Like some of the entertainment was a little more in your face than maybe people wanted. Um, it was, yes, it was youth oriented, but it was so youth oriented that it was off putting to anybody like over the age of 20. I have a feeling that what we will finally see is going to be a little bit toned down from what they first seemed determined to launch. So that's going to be fun, especially to see the reviews of people who actually got a glimpse of the ship in its, you know, in its first go round. It'll be interesting to see what the second go round is like. The other thing that's exciting about these ships is that all of their sailings are going to stop at their new private island, Bimini Beach Club, and that just looks beautiful. So I really want to check that out. Now, our next ship here is Discovery Princess, one of the Royal-class ships with Princess Cruises, of course, sister ship to the Majestic, Regal, Royal Sky, Enchanted, and then Discovery. And what I like about these ships so much is like walking through the atrium of one of these Royal-class ships, it feels like you're legit in Rome. What can you tell us about it? The thing that I think is really exciting here and that you and I will never probably see, but unless it's on a tour, but we certainly will never stay in, is the Sky Suites. These are beautiful. They're like the biggest suites princesses ever had. They have wraparound balconies with like, you know, televisions on them and full bars. And you can watch the movies under the stars from sitting on your balcony. They just kind of look amazing. Uh, a lot of what you're going to see on this ship is similar to what you've seen on some of the more recent princess ships. And again, we've been talking about technology a lot. This is one of the areas that Princess is really ahead of almost everyone else on. You know, long before we became a society that needed to figure out ways to do transactions without touching anything, Princess was already working on that with Ocean Medallion. And they are basically going to put that on all of their ships uh, as they are. The, both this new ship that's coming out, they're going to retrofit the older ships as they come, as, as they sort of undergo the health and safety protocol revamps. So... Again, technology will be a really big deal on this ship. And because it's Princess, it's also, you know, it's safe to say Princess is of the sort of major lines that we talk about a lot. Princess is a little bit classier. You know, it's just it's just a little bit nicer. Like, I, it's the ship that I really probably don't really have the wardrobe to go on, but I'm still going to do it. I can attest to that. Actually, that was one of the uh, cruise lines I was on where they wouldn't let me. Now, this was back in 2014. But they made me um, – they pulled a coat out of the closet for me and told me I couldn't come into the dining room unless I put on this jacket. I could take it off when I got to the table, but I had to wear it to the table. It didn't make any isn't sense, but I, I, I'm silly? on board, I whatever. I wear it when I walk through the dining room, yeah. but I can take sure. it off when I sit down. Yeah. yeah. Not sure what it is. No, I, that was on – You know, I've, um, never done, I've never done a sailing on a ship um, that is sort of – I don't want to say higher class because that's that's just kind of insulting to all the others, but that has that level of of sophistication to it. And I'm actually I assume I will in the next year or two, but I'm a little bit nervous about it because, like I said, that's just that is not me. You know, my my comfort level is really more Norwegian carnival. You know, um, that's that's sort of Royal Caribbean. That's sort of in my comfort level. And Princess sure. is in that area, but it steps it up just a little bit, a little bit enough that I'm a little worried about it. You'll get there. <laughs> the next ship here is MSC Seashore, which is one of their Evo class ships. Yeah, this is the sister ship to Seaside. In fact, I always get these two ships confused because the names are similar. Um, 
I think that one of the things that's sort of cool about this is it's the first time that we've really seen MSC devote so much space to sort of large outdoor spaces. That's something that like Norwegian has done a lot over the last couple of years with their um, waterfront area. Mardi Gras certainly has a lot more space, like with summer landing on the back of the ship. It's a big, beautiful space devoted to the outdoors. Seaside was really the first time we saw that with MSC as far as special outdoor areas like this. And Seashore is going to take that and and expand on it. So that's, you know, it's also this is a line that is trying to push hard into the U.S. market. You know, they're not considered one of the big players here. You know, they're not in league with Carnival Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, uh, Princess, but they really would like to be. So this is their second ship that will, you know, try and carve into that market. And it's a beautiful ship too. Just, I mean, that's one thing MSC is really good at. I mean, I know you haven't sailed them, but I'm sure you've watched plenty of their videos where no stone is left unturned when it comes to design. Yeah, the one thing I don't get, and this is something that MSC has long had going um, for it, and and people rave about it, and people make a big deal about it, but the whole Swarovski, I can't pronounce it, but the crystals, and the crystal staircases and stuff, I don't get the appeal of that. (laughs) That's just, that to me is, is, I don't know, I think of that as a little bit tacky, weirdly, but it's something that they're really known for, and people love. I haven't sailed this ship, but... I, as I was watching the videos, both for Seaside and Seashore, it just really kind of spoke to me. I really also love the Yacht Club experience that MSC Club, uh, or that MSC has. You know, most of the lines are now getting into the whole um, ship-within-a-ship concept, and MSC's is beautiful. It, it really does feel like, you know, it, it's at a whole nother level. It'll be interesting because we talked about Mardi Gras earlier, but we didn't mention this is actually the first time that they're going to have sort of a ship within a ship concept, you know, because they will mm-hmm. have, it's not quite to the level of, of the Haven on Norwegian or uh, the Yacht Club on MSC, but they are going to have the retreat and that's going to be sort of um, almost like Vibe Beach Club on Norwegian, where it's a separate area and you can rent uh, cabanas and things like that. So, you know, the, these are these are something that, and, and that is something that MSC excels at, is their ship within a ship concept. We have two more ships here. The next one was one that was also deferred from November of this year till spring of 21, and that's Royal Caribbean's Odyssey of the Seas. Royal Caribbean, you know, it's funny, you know what you're getting with these ships. I mean, they are the biggest in the world. Every time they build a new one, it's, you know, it's like one inch longer than the previous one because they love being able to say the new biggest ship in the world because they get a lot of PR for that. Um, But what's amazing about these ships is that despite their size, despite the, you know, the massive number of people they can fit on them, they really do an incredible job of spreading them out. One of the things this ship has that I am so in love with is the North Star. I first experienced that on Anthem of the Seas. It's basically this pod you get in and it lifts you up. And it seems like such a silly, simple concept. Okay, big deal. They're lifting you up into the sky. It's really incredible, and it just the views it gives you, and the sensation you get from it, and you know, and the pictures you get some fantastic pictures from up there. They also, this is going to be another of the ships that has probably my all time favorite dining experience at sea, which is Wonderland. 
Uh, if you haven't done Wonderland, uh, it's on several of the ships, including Anthem. It'll be on this ship. I would say definitely make a reservation and know nothing about it going in. Let every single thing about it be a surprise to you. Because I, you know, I'm the kind of person who does a little too much research. Uh, it kind of goes with the job. And I knew way too much. And so even though I was still delighted as each thing unfolded, I kind of already knew it was going to unfold. So there's a lot about this ship to really love. Last but not least, we have the Rotterdam, which was actually, uh, they changed the name halfway through construction. It was supposed to be the Rhinedam, now Rotterdam, debuting in, well, supposed to be debuting in July of 21. Yeah, I mean, I am not actually all that familiar with the Holland America product. I know you have done several of their ships, and I'm sure there are things on here that you're interested in. I will say the one thing I'm kind of fascinated by here is that they are going to have Rudy's Cell de Mar French restaurant on it. Mm -hmm. I have never had Rudy's food, but I have, you know, seen various cooking shows with it. I'm very excited because he's also going to be cooking on Mardi Gras. And so that's going to be my first experience with his food. But what else can you tell me about this ship that sort of has you excited? I know not only have you done it, but I'm curious because Holland America sort of has a little bit of a reputation as being sort of an older person's line. I think I'm an older person in a younger body, maybe, because <laughs> I I love Holland America. Like, I've done them in Alaska, I think, four or five times. I've done them in the Caribbean a handful of times. It's just one of those lines when you when you want to just get away, not be on a schedule, not be geared up 24-7 and kind of come as you are type thing. That's what I like about Holland America. I've been in the, the Koningsdam, the new Stottendam. Of course, the Rotterdam is going to be the third one in the class. And, you know, I'm a music guy. So Music Walk is my thing. Billboard on board there. You have the Rolling Stone Rock Room in there. Lincoln Center Stage. Just so much to do on this ship. Of course, I mean, you know, Holland America has a great... They've really stepped their program up. They've, they were kind of known as, I'm not going to lie, the old person's cruise line as the whole multi-gen and family travel thing really kick or it was kicked into high gear before, you know, the pandemic, they really started adjusting. I'm a big fan. The other thing they're really, really, really known for is their food because, yeah. you know, they have the culinary council. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that is a group of really well-known chefs who just are, you know, Involved in every single aspect of food on board. The other thing that I'm kind of interested in is, you know, you mentioned Music Walk. And I remember, I don't remember which of the ships it was that you were on, but one of them had the Music Walk. And you were talking about the Rolling Stone Room. And what really seemed interesting to me was... You know, you go to a lot of these places on ships and they put on these shows in these rooms and they call it a rock show, but it's not really rock. It's really more like pop, kind of toned down. And I specifically remember you being like, no, this rocked. You were really kind of mm -hmm. surprised by it, especially on a line that people think of as being for older people. Maybe my my taste in cruising has been evolving over the years, kind of like you said earlier, you're a carnival and Norwegian kind of guy. But, you know, give yourself another 10 years or so. You'll be wanting to test the waters, dip your toe into other cruise lines as well. This is where I point out to you that I am like 15 to 20 years older than you. So <laughs> I really should already be there. And I will say, <laughs> I am very, I am very, 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 very drawn 
to the idea. What has made me a carnival Norwegian kind of guy is really more that those are the lines that primarily sail out of my home port. If Holland America had a ship stationed in New York City year round, I guarantee you I would be doing it because I don't really care where the ship is going. I'm really more about life on the ship and everything about Holland America from the music to the food, especially I've, I've really become a foodie over the last decade really, really appeals to me. And, and, you know, I don't need the, the, the all night dance club and crap like that. I mean, I, I will go to it if it is there, but I don't need that. I'm much more drawn to sort of like the variety of stuff that they have on Holland America. All right. Staff writer, Richard Sims, uh, happy holidays, my friend. And we'll talk soon. Talk soon. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.